This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Do women face specific and different roadblocks than men when it comes to climbing the career ladder? And do many women make the same common errors when it comes to managing their workplace advancement? A woman's leadership consultant shares her advice. Men will say, I can do this job because X, Y, and Z. Whereas women are very likely to say, you know, I've never done exactly this job before, so I'm not sure if I've got the right skills. Then, recent research shows over a third of all students at many colleges and universities don't get enough to eat. There are several things that colleges can do, that policymakers can do. None of those things are going to happen until people's perceptions on this issue shift until they take it seriously and they think it's worth doing something about. InfoTrack comes your way right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Do women face specific and different roadblocks than men when it comes to climbing the career ladder? And are there some common errors that many women make when trying to manage their advancement? Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Women climbing the corporate ladder may rise more slowly than men due to the women's behaviors or habits that actually hold them back. But a new book from one of the world's top leadership experts provides important advice. Joining us now is Sally Helgeson, author of How Women Rise, Break the 12 Habits Holding You Back from Your Next Raise, Promotion, or Job. And Sally, let's identify some trouble spots first. Reluctance to claim your achievements. Give a quick example and why it's damaging. A quick example is somebody says to you, you did a great job with that project. And you say, oh, it was my team or, oh, it was my coworker or, oh, it was my collaborator or I couldn't have done it without my boss. All those things may be true. But if you find yourself doing that routinely, you probably have a difficult time accepting and claiming your achievements. And that's going to get in your way as you seek to rise. Overvaluing expertise, what is the downside of that? Downside of that is that focusing all your attention on mastering the details of your present job, going the extra mile to always do a great job, can prevent you from forming the alliances that you need because your time is all consumed on the job, forming the alliances you need to bring visibility to your work and to get great support. A much smarter way to start a new job is not just say, oh, I'm going to keep my head down and become an expert and then look up and start building my network. A smart way to come into a job is to say, who do I need to know around here to make sure that I am able to do a great job and that people get to know what I'm doing? Is there another dimension of overvaluing expertise, perhaps in the interview portion of your attempt to rise? Yes, definitely true. I mean, one of the things that we found is that search firms often say, you know, we'll get letters from men and women who are candidates for a job. And the men will say, I can do this job because X, Y, and Z. And sometimes it actually doesn't even have anything to do with what they're looking for. Whereas women are very likely to say, you know, I've never done exactly this job before, so I'm not sure if I've got the right skills. Forgetting that you're only really fully qualified for the job you have now. 
that your skills will adapt as you move to new jobs. So it's always important to remember that it's a learning curve. And if you're overvaluing expertise, you're going to get stuck with the idea that unless you already know how to do a job you're applying for, you shouldn't be applying for it. That's not going to get you anywhere. Society often socializes women to be pleasing, but how do you say no to coworkers without coming across as uncooperative? Well, I think that the disease to please, as we call it in the book, is one of the classic behaviors that is helpful to women on their way up because people identify them as a wonderful and helpful person, but then starts to get in their way as they rise. When you're trying to please people, when that's your goal, your primary goal is to make people happy, to make people think you're nice and a wonderful person, you're going to have a tough time holding other people to account. You are going to have a tough time saying no to things that you really shouldn't be accepting. We've got a great example in the book of a woman who was motivated by a strong desire to please, and she ended up essentially doing not only her new job but her old job because she was so concerned that she would be letting her old customers down. She felt she was the linchpin. So as you rise, you need to let some of that concern with pleasing people go because that will inhibit your own effectiveness and also your ability to develop other people because you'll probably end up swooping in to do their job or clean up their messes. We're visiting with top leadership expert Sally Helgeson, author of How Women Rise, Break the 12 Habits Holding You Back from Your Next Raise, Promotion, or Job. Sally, do we know yet if the Me Too movement has affected women's ability to advance in the workplace? I think the jury is still out on that, but I look at Me Too as part of also the push for pay equity, the hashtag press for progress that is happening. And what I see, and I want to emphasize, I have been doing this for 30 years, working to develop women leaders. What I see now is a momentum around making progress that I have rarely, rarely seen. And I think it's a great moment for women to think through, what do I want to do? How successful do I want to be? What position do I want to achieve? And then think about what is within their control that they can do to try to position themselves for that. Men sometimes complain that they're uncomfortable with women who cannot relate to them. Maybe they don't like sports or cars or play golf, etc. Sally, to what degree, if at all, do women need to be one of the boys to advance their careers? I think being one of the boys, unless you genuinely feel like one of the boys, is always going to be a losing proposition. If you take up golf, for example, simply because you think it's a good way to relate to men, golf requires massive amounts of time. And if you're not enjoying it, it's a bad idea. If you love football, if you love basketball, sure, it's great to bond over that. But to try to adapt an interest in the hopes of bonding with men usually doesn't work. And guess what? Work is about work and other kinds of interests as well. So the idea that men can't relate to women unless those women share their sports or car interests I think is very narrowing for men. In the instances where they talk about that or present that as an excuse or stumbling block, I think it's probably an excuse and that they may be uncomfortable with women in positions of equality or power 
And they need to look at that because the world is changing and getting comfortable with it is a real plus for men in their careers and their lives. Let's talk about networking. You say don't just make connections, but use the network effectively. How so? Yes, I've found this for a number of years. Women are great at building connections. They're great at building relationships and networks, but they're often reluctant to use those networks strategically and reciprocally to try to get things done, to try to advance in their careers, to try to have success with a project that they're working on right now. They'll hang back because it feels too transactional to them. And I often hear them say things like, I want people to know that I like them for themselves and that I'm not just using them. This is a real either or frame of mind because we all move ahead by, to some extent, leveraging the connections and the skills of other people. So putting yourself into that fray and getting comfortable leveraging rather than just building relationships is a key aspect for women of becoming more successful and rising. And what is your advice for people who aim for too much perfection? Too much perfection. Seeking perfection, I'd say, is one of the foundational behaviors that gets in the way of many women's building successful careers. When you're trying to be perfect, and you know, our culture sends a lot of messages to women about perfection when they're young in terms of their looks and how they're dressing. And research also shows that in organizations, women tend to be rewarded for precision and correctness, whereas men tend to be rewarded for boldness and risk-taking. Sally Helgeson, author of How Women Rise, Break the Twelve Habits, Holding You Back from Your Next Raise, Promotion, or Job. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, a startling number of college students don't get enough to eat. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. 